Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we hear stories from people who are making time in their life to make a difference in this world. I'm your host and eternal optimist, Matt Kinsera. Let's take a walk. Today, we hear from Anna Carlson, whose daughter Maya is changing everyone around her. People will tell us, oh, thank you for letting us meet your daughters. She brought a smile to my day. So we have always said in our family, Maya's here to bring others joy. Hey, while we are taking time to make a difference in this life, it is important to slow down. When I am taking my time and slowing down, I like to sit out on my front porch with my favorite beverage from Infinity Beverages. They have incredible wines and spirits, and you can order them right on their website so they can be delivered to your door. If you are in the Eau Claire area, make sure you stop by their tasting room and get a tour with master winemaker Matthew Rick. That's infinitybeverages.com, proud sponsors of Jesus Never Ran. This episode is going to be a little bit different than a lot of the stories you hear. So many times we hear stories from people who have a dream or an idea and they're going after it. It's something that they're choosing to do. This story is different because Anna Johnson didn't choose her situation. It's as if her situation chose her. And instead of asking questions like, why did this happen to me? She embraced it and has used it for everything she has. So here's Anna Johnson. My husband and I um, have been married for almost 23 years, and we have four daughters. Um, I am an EL teacher at a kindergarten center, and I um, became a runner about eight years ago. Um, had never run before, and um, our youngest daughter, Maya, was my inspiration to get started. Um, she is 11, and she has a rare brain condition called lysencephaly, which means smooth brain syndrome. And she was diagnosed just before she turned one. Um, And it basically means that her brain never fully developed before she was born. And she didn't develop the folds that a normal brain would have. And so that's why it's the smooth brain syndrome. Uh, So she is in a wheelchair, she's nonverbal. Um, She gets fed via G-tube and just has a lot of developmental needs, Um, counts on us for everything, and every little thing that she does is a huge accomplishment. Right when she was around the age of two or three, when she was going through some Uh, physical and occupational therapy. Her therapist was using a specialized method that would teach Maya's body to teach her brain how to do a movement versus her brain teaching her body. And it's called the Feldenkrais method. Um, It's a German developed method. And when she was working with Maya and explaining this to us, she said that each movement that Maya made, such as learning how to roll over or learning how to move her arm in a certain way, um, took several tiny little steps to get to this one complete movement. And to get there, it was like running a marathon for her. 
And right at about that time, uh, a friend of ours gave my husband a pair of running shoes that he didn't need and asked if he ever wanted to try running. And he told me he thought he might give it a try. And after I heard that, I thought that I could give it a try as well. And um, so we we did the couch potato to 5K um, training program and ran our first 5K that summer. And um, since then, uh, I continued running. And it was something that I never enjoyed before. Um, in high school, I uh, dreaded when we had to run the mile in gym class. It was just nothing that I ever had interest in before. And so to start in my late 30s, um, was a big deal, and but I always kind of had in mind what Maya's therapist said, and so I was doing it with Maya in mind that if she could do these things that were hard, then so could I. Well, wow, that is a lot to take in right off the bat. Just having such a challenge in life and then that leading you to something that is beyond yourself, something that you didn't think you were capable of. So I wanted to hear even more about the backstory. Uh, so many of us struggle when hardship comes into our lives. And we look at a story like this and we have to ask the question, okay, how did this whole process go? And how did you deal with it? And how did you come out on the other side? She wasn't able to do a lot of these physical things um, that babies her age should have been able to do. And so we started the whole process of um, cognitive testing. So we had evaluators coming out to our house um, and doing all kinds of assessments with her. And we got one um, initial diagnosis of just a general developmentally delayed. And that was at about uh, eight months old. And so then we brought that to her pediatrician and she said, well, now your next step is that Maya really needs to see a neurologist. And we didn't quite, you know, know where we were headed with that. Um, had a lot of fear and anxiety over it. Um, just wondering what it could be that was causing all of this to happen. And we um, brought her in and it was, at that point, she was about nine months old. Um, we met with one neurologist and they referred us to um have some different testing done and then she started to um, make kind of a funny noise every once in a while when we were feeding her her baby food um, and it, it was it's kind of a noise that was hard to describe but it was unusual to us and her being the youngest of four you know we know we know what babies are supposed to do um, but the noises were different and they were repetitive um, and what we didn't know at the time was that she was actually having little seizures. Um, so when we brought her in to the hospital to have testing done and they did an EEG to evaluate her seizures, um, she was immediately admitted because her brain was actually in constant seizure activity. Um, so we were, you know, at that point still pretty um, overwhelmed by it and still not knowing why this was happening and for her to just go in for a routine test and now guess what you're going to be in the hospital on the epilepsy ward 
um, while we try to figure all this out. And both of us have a really strong faith. And then we got her diagnosis. I remember I was um, sitting in one of my early school year teacher meetings and Maya was still in the hospital at this point while they were trying to figure some more things out and she had had an MRI the day before um, and we were waiting for the results and my school was not very far from Children's Hospital so my plan was just to go there right after my workshop was done and Chris was already there um, and as soon as I got there they pulled me into a room and um, they gave us this diagnosis that she has lysencephaly, which we knew nothing about. And we did the thing you're not supposed to do and looked it up online and saw all these you know, terrible negative things about it. Um, and what, one of the biggest things that we saw was that these children often don't live past the age of two. She was 11 months at the time. Um, and so, of course, we were devastated, um, thinking that this was it, that, you know, she wasn't going to be able to live long, that this, you know, was a tragedy in our life and um, trying to wrap our heads around it. So many times when we're going through something really difficult, God does this incredible thing where he puts the right person in the right place at the right time. Her... Um, neurologist actually started to leave the hospital and then turned around and came back because he felt like he needed to tell me something and I I was the one that stayed overnight that night with Maya and what he wanted to tell me was that you know Maya has this diagnosis now but it doesn't change who she is. still Maya. She's still the girl, little girl you know. It's just that there's a name for some of the things going on and you can't go by the statistics each case because this is so rare. It's very different one to the next and you just don't know what what is going to happen with your daughter and ensured me that there'd be this whole team around us and it was at that point where um, I knew that God had had him come back to talk to me and give me those messages. And at that point, I just surrendered. I said, God, this is yours. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this news, but I'm going to trust you. And I know you have a plan for us and for our family in this. And um, that moment that I prayed that, um, I truly felt that peace that passes any understanding and it was just I have never felt that kind of peace before um, and we've just been able despite all the challenges that Maya's had in her life um, with surgeries and hospital stays and difficult illnesses that are hard for her to kick um, it always comes back to that that this is not ours to um, totally take on by ourselves God is in this, and he's made it very clear to me that um, I'm supposed to share her story.
just amazing how something can go from being so daunting to so hopeful so fast and then how something can go from life-altering in a negative way to life-altering in a life-changing positive way. So let's hear more of Maya's story. When I was pregnant with her, you know, we didn't, we knew nothing about her special needs and we, um, her as a normal pregnancy, normal delivery, we really didn't know anything until she hit that four month mark that something was going on. And we are trying to come up with a name and being that we have four daughters, I still wanted to name her after my dad, whose name is Mark. So we were looking at four letter names that start with an M. And so we were looking at several and also at the same time, Care 11 did this story on this place called Faith Lodge. And it was built by a couple who had lost a baby who was stillborn and they built this lodge as a retreat and um, for families that had either lost a child or for families that were that had a child going through chronic illness or disease. And we just saw the little spotlight on it on the news. And they named it Faith Lodge because their daughter, they named Faith, that had passed away. And my husband said, you know, I love that name, Faith. I think we should put this somehow into our daughter's name. Um, we knew she was a girl. And so Faith became her middle name because of that. And then um, we both looked at each other uh, about three weeks before she was born and said, I think I know what her first name should be. And we both had come up with the same one, Maya, and it means God's miraculous power. So it's God, God's miraculous power and faith. And we later went to Faith Lodge with our family three different times, having seen that story before Maya was even born and before we even knew that she would have this um, illness that she has. Um, so it's just been, her life has been little miraculous stories like that one after the other. Speaking of miraculous stories, and this isn't the only time I've heard something like this, but I want you to hear about how Anna and her husband almost were preparing for this before it was anywhere near being a reality. My husband and I have known each other since we were in high school, um, high school sweethearts. And um, when we were dating, we always um, kind of thought, you know, it would be really cool if we had a special needs kid sometime. I don't know why we thought that, but we were thinking, you know, like Down syndrome or something like that. We just were kind of drawn to children that had needs like that. Um, so that was one thing. And then I think the other is just our um, other three daughters. They are, they're 21, 19, and 17 right now. So we, we thought we were done having children after our third one. Um, and Maya was a huge surprise to us. And I remember at first being um, a little, you know, taken aback by, okay, I'm going to have a fourth one. And she was due in September, right when I was supposed to be um, starting a new school year as a teacher. I thought, okay, there's got to be something with the timing of this. Um, so obviously, God had a huge plan for bringing her into our life. Um, and we always, we felt that all the way through the pregnancy that this 
there's something about this this little girl coming into our life. Um, and our older three daughters are pretty amazing with her. Um, they've two two out of the three um, get paid to be her PCA, so they are fully trained in all of her medical needs. Um, and they are all just drawn to people um, that have special needs or that might be um, those that don't have a lot of friends. They just have this extra compassion about them that I don't think they would have had had Maya not come into our lives. Um, and our our 17-year-old actually wants to become a pediatric nurse um, because of Maya and all the times we've been in the hospital with her and wants to care for kids like her. Um, so definitely it's, we feel like Maya was a huge gift to us and we've really connected with um, other families too that have a special needs child. And um, I think something common among us is that we all feel like this is a gift. We were we were chosen to be this child's family. And so we are just fully embracing her and all the joy she brings to us. Such incredible perspective to just look at this as if you're chosen for it and then just to embrace every single day, no matter how hard it may be. Situations like this can do one of two things to a couple. It can either tear them apart just because it's so difficult or it can draw them closer together. So I really wanted to hear from Anna how her and her husband approach their reality in life. We had heard of a lot of families that broke apart and back in her diagnosis when I had that moment of peace, um, having surrendered everything to God, it was about that time too where we just knew um, that no matter what, there was never an option to not stick together through this. Um, so that has been what we go to through everything. I mean, we've for sure had challenges beyond Maya, but in our minds, um, our marriage commitment stands. And so no matter what stress or um, issues come up, it's never an option to give up. Um, so we have become closer, um, definitely through Maya's journey and as well as through the other challenges we've faced because of that decision that we made. Making a decision on the front end of whatever life may have for you is so important. You get to decide who you want to be and what you want to stand for. And if you consciously make that decision, then you'll go into life, whatever it has for you, good or bad, you'll go into life with that mindset. Whether it's your marriage, your career, or anything else, make a decision of who and what you want to stand for, and then you'll be able to stick with it. All right, let's get to this running story because that's how I heard about Anna and Maya. So I want to hear how this all went down. When um, when Maya's therapist made the comment about how all the little movements for her add up to what's like running a marathon, um, at that point, I never had marathon in my head. I thought, well, a 5K is a big deal for me, having never run before. And um, so that was big. And then all of a sudden... I was signing up for a 10K 
And then from there, um, my first 10 mile, and I had the support of my mom's on the run group. I had Maya always in my mind. I, as I run my kind of my mantra is if Maya can do it, I can do it. And I just, and all things are possible with God. And that those are the things that kind of go through my mind as I run. Um, I still, until last fall, um, never really considered a marathon. I had run a few half marathons and thought those were really hard and that I really don't need to do a marathon. I'm still pushing myself. I'm still challenging myself. Um, and then the opportunity came up for, um, a friend and I, um, she joined moms on the run when I did and we immediately clicked and we're kind of running partners now. And, um, the opportunity came up for us to be a part of this running retreat in Eau Claire um, to, and with the retreat came a race and you could choose which distance. And um, we both kind of decided, you know what, if we're going to do a marathon, this is going to be the time to do it. signed up and went through an 18-week training program and um, I I haven't been able to push Maya through a lot of my runs just because her wheelchair isn't really made for for that um, but I can push her on some shorter training runs and I'll do that um, when the weather conditions are just perfect for her and I can get her out there um, but regardless if she's whether she's out there with me or not. She's always in my mind as I'm pushing through these challenges. Um, so I had a special running tank made for the marathon um, that says Maya's, or Miles for Maya, has her picture on it, and then it has um, uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ, which just gives me strength um, on the shirt. And so I had her picture with me the whole time, and then my husband and Maya, one of my other daughters, came out, um, met me at mile 18, and um, was able to take a picture with her at that point. And then um, they were waiting for me at the very end of the race. Um, there's a really big hill right at the end, and then when you get to the top of the hill, you just have point two left to go to finish the whole marathon. And so my husband handed her off to me at the top of the hill, and I got to push her across the finish line. So I felt like it was kind of full circle, Maya and I doing this finish together. just inspired by this story, inspired by this family. And we always ask a question to all of our interviewers at the end about what to say to somebody who's on the edge of a dream. But I wanted to switch that up a little bit today because this story isn't really about a dream. It's about the celebration of something that they never saw coming. And so I wanted to ask Anna a different question. What do you say to somebody who's facing adversity right now and they just don't know how to respond? I would say the first thing to do is to give it to God. Surrender has been like a huge part of our life and to um, when you surrender you get that peace and you know that 
you're not alone in it. God is there with you, and we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without that. Um, and then secondly, I would say um, that you need to kind of take a day at a time as well and not overwhelm yourself by looking at um, too far ahead and guessing about what could happen, um, but just to really value what each day brings and take things one step at a time. Each step is going to get you closer to what you're trying to do. For Anna and Maya, walking like Jesus actually means running. Because with Jesus, you'll find miracles in the ordinary things every single day. If you've been inspired by this podcast or really any of our podcasts, I want to encourage you to jump on board with a walking club so that you can really get moving forward with your own dreams and your own hopes. The Walking Club is a monthly video series where we can come together, learn together, and grow together. Go to www.jesusneverran.com and sign up today. Next time we hear from a young woman who found a great hobby and became her passion, so she turned it into a career. Join us next week.